0: You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit
1: www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to this week's episode of H.E.R.D., your food, beverage, and hospitality podcast. H.E.R.D. is hosted by me, Joe Hakeem, and I'm joined by Nick Fritzky of Nick Drinks, Jason Leinard of the Detroit Optimist Society, and Vato of the Hungry Dudes. We are joined each episode by workers, leaders, and analysts of the hospitality industry. Please take a moment to subscribe to H.E.R.D. on the Apple Podcast app, Google Podcast app, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to your podcast. If you like or dislike what you hear, write a review. We love hearing from our listeners. You can visit H.E.R.D. at H.E.R.D.podcast.com, follow H.E.R.D. on Twitter and Instagram at H.E.R.D. Podcast, and like H.E.R.D. Podcast on Facebook. Thanks for listening, and now here's this week's episode of H.E.R.D. Sitting with Daniel Estrada, co-founder and CEO of 86 Repairs. 86 Repairs is a sponsor of this week's episode of Herd. You can learn more about 86 Repairs at 86Repairs.com slash Herd. Daniel, what is 86 Repairs?
2: Hey, Joe, thanks for having me. Um, 86 Repairs manages the whole repair and maintenance process for restaurant groups. So essentially, we act like your in-house facilities manager for a fraction of the cost and so our goal really is to help restaurant operators save time and money by managing the repair process end to end so when something goes down in the restaurant a customer can text call or email us and we manage the whole process of getting it fixed
1: and this is a 24 7 service
2: It is. It's 24-7. So if it's Friday night, your walk-in goes down, your GM can have one number to call. Um, We will help your staff troubleshoot the issue, try to avoid a service visit if we can. That's one way we save customers a lot of money. Um, So simple things that we can help them fix, manage on their own. If you do need a service company to come out, then we have a vetted network of service companies that we work with. Or we can work with our customers' preferred vendors, if you have a relationship with a company that you like. And then we'll dispatch them. We'll manage all the communication. We'll track everything, make sure they come, make sure the issue gets resolved. And we track everything in a, in a software platform um, so we can give you better insights about running your restaurant.
1: That's great. To learn more about 86 Repairs, once again, go to 86repairs.com slash H.E.R.D. Hello, friends, and welcome to H.E.R.D., your food, beverage, and hospitality podcast Tonight I am joined by I have two guests. Uh, Frank, the owner of Hazano Coffee. Frank, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. And also Sandy Levine, the owner of the Oakland Chartreuse and the upcoming Freya and Dragonfly. Sandy, thanks for being with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, Vato just got back into the room. He was fishing a bug out of his <laughs> last word that Sandy brought. What was it? Did you get it out of there? It was tasty. It was good. Good because you know back in the M Cantina episode you ate bugs so I did. It's very common I, I ate most for, I ate most of the you. bugs off uh, <laughs> air though which
0: was <laughs> stupid I should have done it on air got my street cred but I only, <laughs> only ate those uh, <laughs> ant eggs on the air so
1: Escamoles. Um, all right. So tonight we're going to talk about some uh, kind of a hot button issue. We're going to talk about minimum wage. Um, and so uh, Frank is going to come at it from the retail side. Sandy will come at it from the restaurant tour side. Um, I will kind of be uh, from the retail side as well and kind of mediate. And Vato will interject as um, he sees as fit. Usually yes. in a comedic way. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Right. <laughs> um, so the minimum wage uh in Back in July, the House voted to increase the minimum wage to fifteen dollars an hour. State House, huh? State House? No, the the federal the federal house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, it was more or less symbolic because it will never make it to the Senate. Mitch McConnell has been very clear about it never making the Senate floor, not even for a debate. Um, his argument is that it would affect the economy in a negative way if the if the uh, minimum wage was to be increased to fifteen dollars per hour. Um, the minimum wage in general started back in nineteen thirty eight. Um, this is from a uh, Cornell article. The purpose of the minimum wage was to stabilize the post-depression economy and protect workers in the labor force. The minimum wage was designed to create a minimum standard of living to protect the health and well-being of employees. Others have argued that the primary purpose was to aid the lowest paid of the nation's working population, those who lack sufficient bargaining power to secure for themselves a minimum subsistence wage. So it's 2019 now. What's the minimum wage now? $7.25. And
0: what's the minimum wage? That's for? the federal minimum
1: wage. Minimum wage in states are, are very different. And what's the minimum wage for uh, services? So that that that's another minimum wage. That's right. something we should talk about because um, not every state has a service minimum wage. Right? So Michigan does. Sandy, do you know what the Michigan minimum is? wages for servers. I do not. <laughs> I think it's so, it's south of $4. Yeah. Now, what that means though is that if someone was to with their tips included make less than 725, the federal or no, whatever Michigan's minimum wage is, some in the $9 range, right? Yes. Um, that the owner of the restaurant has to pay the difference. Is that – do I understand that correctly?
3: Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, if you get the tip credit, then you have to make up the difference to get it up to what the, the state's minimum wage is.
1: OK. So I want to start with a very kind of just open-ended question. Um, the minimum, federal minimum wage is seven twenty five right now. Does it make sense to bump it all the way up to $15 immediately? In, in in a in a grand swooping gesture, like voting, like the House did, and just vote that it has to go up to fifteen dollars an hour.
4: The question is: Is fifteen dollars an hour enough? Because fifteen dollars an hour is about thirty-one thousand dollars a year right. for a full-time employee. And is that really, if you need about sixty thousand dollars to survive in Michigan um, with a family, then is that enough? And and also, what are the ramifications for doing that so quickly? Um, and is it are we is it really important? Should we do that so quickly? Because it's been a long time since the minimum wage has been raised.
1: Yeah, so the last time it was raised was two thousand eight, right? So yes. under that would be President Obama, right? Um, or two thousand eight or nine. Um, regard so seven twenty five an hour then is. Roughly what sixteen fifteen thousand a year about fifteen or sixteen thousand which isn't even enough for a a, a child <laughs> like, like someone no. who's just starting off even as a like a eighteen year old
4: in the in in the industry right in any industry the problem is also what are these jobs for? Um, do we want to retain service jobs where a, a teenager or a someone just out of college can can have a first job, a second job. And if you raise it to $15 an hour or more, um, how will that affect all other industries and how will that hurt those those applicants for those jobs because will there be more jobs because of that or less jobs? And so it's a huge question. There's so many different ramifications that I have no clue which side – is correct Mm -hmm. and how quickly to go. Uh, I worry about automation that I I just see it in my business. Um, I own a coffee roastery and we pay our employees well and and higher than that $15 per hour. But um, if I if it was for a lot of companies who aren't so healthy The $15 per hour would be a death knell, I believe, because they don't – they can't – they don't have the margins to survive. Mm -hmm. And so what do we care more about those businesses that hire a lot of employees and they'll lose those employees and the employees will lose their jobs and there will be less jobs – um, or do we care about that we really want people to have a wage that they can live on and be happy
3: yeah I think to a certain degree uh, you know whether it's done incrementally or all at once and i, I obviously I think you know I, I would have a hard time believing it's going to go from 725 to 15 uh-huh. all at once but you know ultimately I think like you say like places will adjust and you know whether it's quickly or slowly in you know the i think after a certain point the market will correct itself and you know it it will just be you know that'll just be the new norm i don't you know i i sort of i don't see things changing on on in my industry in the restaurant industry's level um that much other than you know you have to sort of reorganize how you have your dining room and maybe you know the the ratio of servers to support staff and management and all that, you know, in places like fast food and quick service that that obviously could be a very different story. But, um, you know, from from our standpoint, I think it's – you know, I, I sort of look forward to that time when, uh, you know, I know we're not talking about tipping right now. But, um, you know, if we could get to a point uh, where, you know, we're all on the same we, – we have the same uh, regulations and in, in, Rules. Uh, it'll be nice to to sort of treat uh, people in my industry who have you know notoriously been kind of looked down on for for their positions, uh, you know, with with more respect and and treat it like a real profession because you know it, I <laughs> I'm obviously biased but I definitely think that it is.
1: Oh yeah, and and I agree with that. I think that um, you know uh, sir, the service industry um, is definitely a career path. Um, now, so are are you saying that the 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 need or, or the the uh, reliance on tipping kind of makes it less than a career path? So if we if you bump up that minimum wage to fifteen, um, that would make it a more legitimate, quote unquote, kind career? of. I okay.
3: mean, I don't know. I, I've uh, I've always felt like it's you know if someone pulls a you know a regular salaried paycheck. You know, there's – you know, for a multitude of reasons, I think that's that's more of kind of a professional sort of environment where, you know, they maybe get benefits and they know what they're getting. They come to work every day and, uh, you know, it's not this sort of exchange where, you know, they're worried about getting stiffed by somebody or, you know, what kind of a table they're going to get or, or whatever. Um or, you know, what time of year it is, whether it's a busy season or slow season or, or whatever else. I think, you know, there's um, – you know, there's there's a lot of uh, honor in our industry and I think the, the fact that uh, so many servers and bartenders and, and so on kind of show up and do a really, really good job regardless of, you know, all of those other factors that contribute to their actual paycheck, um, you know – it, it would be it would be nice to see a time where they don't have to deal with that.
1: Yeah, and so just a little history on tipping while we're talking about it. Uh, that it started around in, in the 1890s. Um, so some Americans were uh, able to travel more, and they went over to Europe. And this is a European custom, an aristocratic custom. Um, it, tip stands for to ensure promptitude, um, and so. Uh, the uh even back then in the 1890s many many Americans believe that tipping went against the country's ideals and allowed for a clear servile class that would be financially dependent on a higher class that's from uh an article from foodwolf.com uh on the history of tipping um so even even since the you know 1890s people have been against tipping um as as a means um for someone to make a living for themselves and,
0: and we see that obviously we see that coming back now I mean we're talking about the restaurant industry specifically I mean minimum wage across the the board obviously other things don't have tips right uh, you're not going to necessarily have tips in a fast food type of thing uh, situation. Um, one thing I think that we need to, to to peel back in a little bit is this idea of careerism um, because the history of you know, labor history is going to tell us that. Uh, minimum wage jobs should not be a, it should be a temporary mm-hmm. temporary, uh, uh, kind of deal. And, and we've kind of grown into a society where minimum wage jobs aren't necessarily temporary anymore, but they used to be this temporary path onto the next thing. And that's why minimum wage was okay. It wasn't supposed to be a situation that was going to, that you were going to live on. It was a, be a situation that could you buy I mean, if you you talk about – we talk right now about $15 an hour. And let's just go back. So I've been on the job 23 and a half years. And when I started uh, – and for the new listeners, I'm police captain in Detroit. When I started, I started at $12 an hour, right? Every police officer started at $12 an hour back then. How long ago, you said? 23 and a half years ago. So it was 1996. I started at 25000 at $12 an hour. Obviously, it's grown since uh, the – Current starting wage of Detroit is, I think, thirty six thousand, but it's not much higher than fifteen. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, if, if it's it's close to fifteen or sixteen, and that's, that's for a police officer, right? Yeah, for yes. a starting wage. So when you unpack it and say you have a fast food location that says, okay, well, we need to have fifteen at McDonald's, and they have those protests and all the different McDonald's, and they want to have fifteen dollars because it's, they want more of a livable wage. You know at that point, I see the debate on both sides, right one you is fast food supposed to be you know a livable wage because is that supposed to be a full time thing, or is that something that you do in between what you're doing and your and your career path, or have we gone into a society that
1: everything that should be temporary has become full time? Well, I think the other thing that you need to peel back when we talk fast food. Is that these are the type of businesses, fast food, um, large scale retail, that have the money to to do the fifteen dollars an hour? So you'll see um, KFC now starting at thirteen an hour, like in most locations. You'll see signs all over the place where. They have the ability to, to, you know, have some stores in the red, some stores in the black, some stores that, um, are very profitable, some stores that lose a lot of money just to have a presence off of the highway, for example. Like McDonald's will set up on 75 in the middle of nowhere just so no mom and pop sh- shop si- set, sets up there.
4: Right. But aren't, right. They, all, aren't they all franchised? They're right? all franchises. <laughs> so McDonald's, the margins aren't as good as you think. So the average McDonald's makes about $2.3 million a year. Gross, and the owners get about one hundred fifty six thousand. Um, and so, you start adding wages, wage increases to that, mm-hmm. and uh, you're going to cut into that margin in a big time, to- a big way. And owners deserve, after all the money that they put millions of dollars putting into that franchise, uh, to make um, a livable wage themselves. So, they're going to look at different things like automation. And a lot of the uh, – if you look at uh, the supermarkets, there's so many supermarkets in Michigan, I'm not going to say names, where you go there and there's one or two. There are one or two humans right. who are taking your money and the rest are um, self-checkout. And so is that the uh, – is that because they're paying their workers more and so they want to scale back? I think so.
0: Um, and one sh- of the difference though too, is that supermarkets are unionized where a CVs for example is not going to be unionized and you have yourself check out a CVs or yes. target or something like that or I mean shit and now at uh, Costco right you can go to Costco yeah. and you can go i mean granted Costco treats their employees very well they have they've had that kind of uh, you know platform for a long time, but they are also going to an automated Type thing.
3: But I think the cost of living has changed quite a bit. Yes, both the cost of living you know, since the mid '90s. You know, specifically, uh, you know, education and healthcare. And, oh, absolutely. And then you know the 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 gap between you know what a regular worker gets paid versus their CEO obviously you know has has gone up by I don't know whatever like a thousand percent. So I think you know <clears throat> a lot of the you know the extra money has been funneled towards the top in those big companies.
4: sure, uh, I agree. Certainly since the mid-90s. It might, goes back – going back to the beginning of of this uh, podcast, is $15 really enough? If uh, police officers in Detroit are making $15 to $16, which is um, – I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but it's kind of laughable because they put their lives on the line. Um, are you – is it – OK to pay McDonald's employees who work very hard, but don't put in the, the – they don't have the safety issues um, of our police officers. If you're going to pay them 15, you're going to have to bump everyone else up. Police now, officers should be making double that, right. triple now, that.
0: And full disclo- I mean although I, I want to say we all, we we get paid uh, very low in full disclosure. There are step increases uh, up to – you know yes. as you grow up into sure. five years. So you don't start off at the top – Level in five years, and that's police officers are making way more than that. But you know, when I like I said, when I started off, it was 12 hours an hour. And I think probably at the time, because I was working in restaurants back then, and I I think I was well, I was back of the house, so I wasn't making any tips, so it didn't matter, right? So, I mean, and now we can unpack the difference between somebody working in front of a house and back of the house because you know, the people in the front of the house are making hundreds of dollars, and the people in the back of the house are making you know, pennies
1: on that. When uh, you know they work just as hard. Well, you know? I, I think before we talk about that, we should go right. back to the uh, to the argument about the McDonald's employee versus the police officer. And if you bump up to fifteen dollars, it's an unintended consequence that once you bump that up, that it, you have to <clears throat> bump up everything else. Right? And that's
0: and that's the conservative argument.
1: Well, I don't I don't, so, I don't no,
0: know that it that is the okay. conservative argument is that. You set the standard – if you set the standard high, then that means everyone else is going to use that as their benchmark and they're going to say, OK, well, we need to be X higher. Um, that's great.
1: Yeah, and when you say <laughs> – <that's, laughs> I mean that's kind of how it should be, right? And, but, and when you say everything else, bo- bo- everyone bo- else, bo- bo- like what does that mean and and what is, what is the incremental increase that occurs? So if you say that you're making – is there some level of comfort that a police officer in Detroit feels over a McDonald's employee that because they're making – more or does i don't spend my time thinking about that well i don't necessarily think i want to unpack that but i I will say that
0: i agree with sandy that yes we all should everyone across the board should be making more but the, the converse is somebody's got to feel the pain for that right so if if uh, let's say all the restaurants in michigan and let's go back to restaurants because we're food beverage hospitality yep, yep. if all the restaurants in michigan got rid of tipping and decided we're going to increase everything to twenty dollars an hour for every employee well that's going to have to go on a consumer or mm-hmm. they're going to have to go on cost cutting in somewhere right,
3: but it's a level playing yes. field, and you know if it if it does go to the consumer, then you have more people that are making a living wage and they don't have to worry about you know going through their couch cushions to you know go to the laundromat or whatever uh <clears throat> and when everybody's making a living wage, that that adjusts. That's assuming know.
0: that everyone not outside the industry is making a living wage who can afford to come to the restaurant at that point,
3: right? But at if that if the minimum wage is twenty dollars or fifteen dollars, then more people are making the minimum wage and they're not struggling to eat, you know, at home ramen or whatever. Uh,
4: my my problem is is with um, the living wage, what that really means, right? I but, just um because. Living wage for my family of five is not, um, 30,000, 40,000, really to live a comfortable life about, we're talking about 70, 70 grand in, in Michigan. And this, and this sure. is also,
1: uh, different. Nation across the country. Right. So if you if you're in California, oh yes, yes. forget in, in, about You know if you're in San Francisco, your living wage is much different than someone who's living in rural uh, right. Wyoming. Yes, right, and, and it's and, even regional here. I mean, if you're, <laughs> I mean, yeah.
0: if you have a yeah. house in in West Detroit versus a house in, you know, Gross Point or
4: uh, Birmingham. I mean yeah. You know, family of two are yeah. <laughs> there. I mean, it's just, it's such a moving target the living wage yeah. that fifteen dollars an hour. I just feel like. The harm, there's great good that happens, but the harm keeps multiplying and steamrolling uh, because it becomes inflationary because you, everyone, all the restaurant employees are $15, $20 an hour. They're making more money. All the restaurants, all the suppliers to the restaurants are all making $15, $20 an hour. And so those costs keep getting... Uh, they keep multiplying, and then the supermarkets they have to raise their prices and so two quick things are going to happen is that those benefits may uh, uh, may not outweigh the hurt that happens because even with that higher amount, you're making forty thousand dollars a year uh, compared to the thirty you you may be uh not be able to afford the food has been raised, the prices of uh, the things around you. But but also maybe it'll decrease the saturation of
0: the crap that we have to deal with. You know, like you look around Detroit and just the plethora of the bullshit Coney Islands that are out there or the greasy spoons that are just serving crap food all the time where you buy, we fry. If every one of those places had to pay, you know, across the board what a high-end place has got to pay, then maybe those places wouldn't exist
1: and people would – become healthier and you buy we fry exists because that's a way around the ability to accept a bridge card right you buy the, you buy the yeah I just fish.
3: I just discovered somebody just told me that yeah I
1: never and so that, I'm, that's I'm, I'm kind pe- d- talk about that little Joe Talk about the no no what what you mean by that oh so a bridge card is uh well we've talked about bridge cards before yeah, yeah. but that's for low income it's it's a uh, way to get food um so it's a, it's like supplemental governmental assistance right yeah 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 the SNAP program right. right um and basically it recharges every month um and you get say let's use a hundred dollars as a nice even number right so you get a hundred dollars every month to spend towards food but uh, the caveat is that it can't be prepared hot or um. There's some other one as well. Um, And so these places exist um, in Detroit called You Buy, We Fry. So what you do – Seafood places. Yeah, yeah, I think maybe chicken as well. Um, You buy the seafood cold like out of a a, – like a display case and then they fry it. So you're buying it cold and then – you're paying for the fish cold and then I don't know if you pay for it to be fried. I've never been in one, so I don't know yeah, uh, I enough. Um, driven but, by a million of them, but historically, like. and you go back to our, uh, our episode with Max Hardy uh, ever, ever so long ago, uh, it yeah. seems um, he talks about that as kind of like a, a detriment to, to the city. Sure. Um, because it's, it's a uh, unhealthy way of using the bridge card. It doesn't teach anyone how to cook. Um, you're not buying raw ingredients. You're not buying vegetables. You're not buying fruit. You're buying a piece of fish um, that is deep fried, uh, which isn't good for anyone really. Uh, it, not, I mean, not on a regular yeah. basis at least. But
0: I'm saying like, I mean, maybe some of those places wouldn't exist in the places that have a good business model. And, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm,
4: it's a no, play I, dream I, in my head. The, the question is, so we have two healthy businesses that aren't going anywhere. Um, so, but I would. Are we okay with a lot of the businesses? You raise it to $15, $20 an hour. I know I, I can pick off 10 or 15 right off the top of my head, which I won't say, that will close uh, quite quickly because of their margins and they're not business wise. Uh, in all industries, or are you talking about? Uh, I'm I'm talking about just uh, local, local around us um, that they can't handle that and maybe do they deserve to close. But I think that would be one of the dangers of raising it too quickly, Uh, that some businesses that don't think about SWOT analysis, don't think about the threats uh, to their business would close quickly.
1: Uh, we have to take a quick break, get a word from our sponsor, and then we'll be back to talk more about men I'm sitting with Daniel Estrada, co-founder and CEO of 86 Repairs. 86 Repairs is a sponsor of this week's episode of Heard. You can learn more about 86 Repairs at 86repairs.com slash Heard. Daniel, last time we talked about how what 86 Repairs is. How does 86 Repairs work?
2: Sure. So anytime there's a repair maintenance issue in the restaurant, um, our restaurant group customers can text, call, or email us. Basically, the whole staff has access to getting in touch with us. We give them one number to call uh, for any repair needs, and then we manage the whole process for them. So let's say it's Friday night. Your walk-in goes down. It's not temping. Uh, your GM calls us. We'll walk through trying to solve that problem with them over the phone or via text message. Um, We'll look for simple things, you know, resetting circuit breakers, reset switches on compressors, defrosting stuff, you know, whatever we can do to help the team avoid a service visit in the first place and avoid that cost of having a service company come out and fix something. We'll do that first. If they need a service company to come out, we have a whole network of vendors that we work with that we vetted, that we know are good you know, here in the Detroit area and in all the other markets where we have customers. And then we'll manage the dispatching process. We'll communicate with everybody, keep everyone in the loop. So if you're a director of operations or a district manager, you know exactly what's going on anytime with that repair. And we make sure it gets done and gets done right.
1: Is 86 Repairs a nationwide company?
2: Uh not quite. So we're in 15 states right now. Uh, we've been growing very quickly. Um just over this past summer we've expanded into 12 new states. Um and Our customers love the offering. It's been really rewarding to see how much time and money we save them.
1: Great. To learn more about 86 Repairs and to know if it's in your location, uh, go to 86repairs.com slash hurt. And we're back. Uh, I'm here with Frank from Hazano Coffee and Sandy from the Oakland Chartreuse Freya and Dragonfly. (laughs) It's it's, it's becoming very... uh, it's it's a long time to announce you now. You got four four places. One day, yeah. <laughs> One day. <I> <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so Sandy, I want to ask you, uh with the new places opening up, do you have any intention of um going with the no-tipping policy or Yeah, you know?
3: I, I I we haven't decided for sure, but it's definitely something that we would like to do and uh and I I I think that there's a very good chance that we will. We're watching um our we have some friends with uh magnet. Yep. Uh and they're um you know they're doing no tipping. Uh it's an a la carte menu and I think they have a tasting option. Yep. Um but yeah, I mean I'm I'm you know I've talked to uh Drew from there uh, multiple times and uh their ser- uh one of their servers Thor um who also serves at uh Chartreuse. Um Is working there as well. And, you know, I I have like spent days, literal like days uh, trying to work out how it would work financially, where the servers can make money that they're used to making and uh, the kitchen can uh, make a more livable wage. But it's, you know, I haven't been able to come up with with a solution um, you know, mainly because it's, it's, it's not an even playing field. you know, when one restaurant decides to do that, they're still going up against all of the other restaurants that don't have to. Um, so it, you know, I, I haven't figured it out yet, but, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, if more places start doing it, um, it, it'll be more realistic. I,
0: guess. I thought, I thought you guys all have like secret meetings and. yeah wear robes and talk about this kind of stuff behind closed doors well well, well, it's all of that except with
3: maybe replace the robes with uh alcohol uh, (laughs) and or and it's not a secret
1: (laughs) what is the fear of making that leap um for other places in in, um in the same position like when you say level playing field you're talking about uh, hate, I don't like the word high end, but higher end places. Are are you lumping Coney Islands and those types of places? No, in the I don't really think about those. I I, mean,
3: I, you know that that it is. It's a different. Uh, that's I don't know. I don't I, I, I don't really think about quick service or quick or service like. Okay,
0: I'll tell you. I mean, if you look at just the numbers, right, the raw numbers. Yeah. Um, you are going. Let's say you're paying an employee. I don't know your place. Pay servers four bucks an hour, three, yeah, yeah, three, three and a quarter. I think you know, it's about four dollars an right? hour is the ser- server wage. Yeah, I mean, so you'd be adding exponentially. You'll be tripling that, right? Yeah, more than tripling. Yeah, more than tripling 15, if you're yeah. going to fifteen. Yeah, it, it's one of the. If you look at any of these pushes to have uh, pool tips, right, mm-hmm. and you they want to incorporate back of the house for pool tips. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the the pushes for that is Well, if you do that, then you could pay the back of the house four and a quarter or four fifty. Because
3: one thing I'll bring up too that's tricky with that is that, and uh, which is against
0: law, by the way. Yeah, right now it's against law,
3: totally against the law. And and I think you know part of the reason I don't know for sure, but part of the reason is that if uh, an establishment can collect tips and disperse them how they see fit, then they can. there's nothing that says that they have to give it to the back of the house and what ends up happening often. And it happens in many restaurants here that, that I know of, uh, where tips are pooled, The servers don't ever know what they made on any given shift and they just get an envelope with money in it. And you know, if they don't like it, they can work somewhere else. And you know, what everybody assumes happens is that, uh, you know, ownership or whatever gets their share or they they use that to pay their manager's salary or whatever
0: but don't doesn't everybody I mean well this is I'm dating myself back when I was a server, but we had to declare eighteen percent like a and every time we cashed out at the end of the night we had to declare eighteen percent that we uh, made in tips even whether we made it or didn't
3: yeah, but the if the so the government gets a share, whoever's doing payroll can report whatever they want for that right. person's tips and for you know. For what they claim or whatever, you know.
4: I just don't really understand um, why getting rid of tips. Because just uh, looking in my little land of uh, my business, um, my employees get good tips. But it's – people love giving tips to good service. When it's great customer service, when they're greeted with an awesome smile, they have a great conversation with their employee. They enjoy doing that. They don't really, in my business at least, don't feel like they must give a tip, but they give awesome tips because they love the business. They have ownership in it. And I don't understand, and they're still showing great respect to the employees, I I, I don't I feel like tips. I don't feel like we tip like that anymore
0: I mean I, if I go somewhere and I get mediocre service then it's like okay well maybe
1: I'll get 20 percent. but but right you have an understanding of what it means to the server sure that y- you you in a way control their wage right which is unfair in our in your case and at Ackroyd's we, we uh allow tipping on our in our point of sale as well um I think people have an understanding that they don't have to, and if they want to, they can, and that's a different level of giving. So, in terms of, um, and that's what it ends up being, right? Is giving, and it shouldn't be. But remember, uh, you know, we we went from fifteen percent, right?
0: It was automatically we gave fifteen percent, then we upped it to twenty somehow throughout the. You're talking
1: about collectively, like in terms of what 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 a a restaurant server would right customarily given. So one day it
0: just changed we we were doing 15 and then all of a sudden there was 18 st- in there, I think. In there, between. Yeah. There <laughs> probably was. And then you get places that ha- that have, Hey, parties of six or more automatic 18%. So in those places that those are the times where I'm like, okay, well, you know, you're charged with 18. You didn't give me a chance to tip 20. So, you know, sometimes I feel like, Ooh, let's stick it to the, the,
3: the, the auto credit side. I, I, I would argue, I had this conversation recently with someone and, 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 It's, it's kind of interesting because Frank, I know, like, I know what you're saying and that's, I think that's been sort of a common, uh, a point that people make. Uh, but I think on an individual basis, I don't think that people tip their, their tips don't vary that much. I think if you get horrible service, sometimes people will tip less. And if you get amazing service, sometimes people will tip a little bit more. But on an individual basis, you know, I'm in the industry and, you know, I try to tip I tip a little bit more than I think you know the average person does and most people in the industry do that uh, and other people do straight 20% and then maybe they'll throw in an extra you know dollar or two percent or whatever it is uh, in either direction um, but I think for the most part I don't think it really varies that much but again maybe in your industry with you know your your uh, average sale is a lot lower you know if somebody's just buying a coffee, well, uh, it's
4: mostly coffee beans, so it's, uh, it's higher. Okay. Um, and it doesn't matter if they're coming to my shop and spending $80 worth of, uh, coffee beans or 150 um, or $5. Uh, sometimes they'll, they'll buy a $5 coffee and tip another $5. Uh, right. So they're doing it because they so appreciate the business that the business exists. And so I, I would never want to get rid of that. And I don't think, I, I think it's a, Good thing for the restaurant industry as long as waiters are still able to make a phenomenal amount of money if they're doing a great job. It, well, I, I
1: think that there's no reason. I mean, even if the minimum wage increases to you know fifteen dollars an hour, the tipping can still exist in some form, if you want it to. Um, even in Europe, where you know uh, the minimum, wa- as our production manager at at, at is, is uh, from France, and so. It's- talking to her about minimum wage the minimum wage in in france is somewhere in the vicinity of it's done on a monthly basis it's like 2200 euros a month um and their work week is 35 hours um so their minimum wage is up being somewhere in the range of 15 to 17 dollars uh um uh, u.s but also they have their health so they're they're taxed at a higher rate and they have but they have their health benefits. Uh, taken care of by the state so there's a little less in terms of uh overall stress right because a lot of what we're t- not talking about is that a 15 dollar wage uh 15 dollar hour an wage bumping it up to that it still won't cover health care for the most part oh god no um, and, and so that, that's that's, gross. That, that's the elephant I don't think it would cover health, right? <laughs> what's that i don't think gross without no. taxes well right no. and, and that's what i'm saying so that's the elephant that's the other elephant in the room right it's like so now you have health care that um so in some cases, uh you know, may maybe Frank, do you offer health benefits to your employees? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. So we offer them at Ackroids and it's costly. Most restaurants sure. I, I don't are so we, is that something are you working towards? Actually,
3: uh we offer health care to our managers and we are uh in the process of uh offering health care uh via Plum Health. Uh and he's a doctor in Detroit that does um uh, free visits when you're sick, free yearly physicals and prescriptions at his cost and then whatever testing that he can do at his office at his cost. Oh, wow. Um, cool. So we're going to be providing that to anybody that wants it. Hey, now, now
1: the, the other argument though so, and sorry to, to know, cut you sorry. off. But uh, um, with employer-provided health insurance at, for a server making the server minimum wage if they're not claiming all of their tips, a lot of times the server's wage wouldn't even cover the health benefits. Sure, because it it would it would zero out or it be in the negative in, in the red, uh, you'd have a negative balance yeah. at the end of the, end of the two weeks because your you know your hourly rate rate at four dollars isn't even covering your I mean the cost. Assumingly, a business would have
0: opportunity to get into some type of group benefit, but it would have to be an incredibly sizable business to make
1: it worthwhile. And yeah, and that's the other yeah. you know kind of unintended right. consequence of all this is that it, it puts the average small business in a, in a disadvantage versus these kind of large corporations, especially when it comes to paying health benefits and right. stuff like that.
0: Yeah, the other thing, Sandy mentioned managers, and that made me think about this too, is that it once, once you raise the minimum wage for everybody, if they're not a manager, right, they're going to fall under the Fair Labor Standards Act uh, in terms of overtime. So now if you have an employee who's working more than 48 hours a week, right, not using any sick benefits or anything like that, Now you're going to have to pay time and a half for any time Mm -hmm. over unless they're a manager. Because if they're a manager and they have, they fall into the uh, salary exempt where they can, you know, they have, you know, firing process or hiring, you know, um, say, then they can be FLSA exempt. But now you got this whole pool of people, right? In the industry who work ungodly amount of hours. And now, I mean, that has to be factored into the cost as well.
3: Well, but that's, I mean, again, that's, I I sort of consider that to be a good thing. You know, like our industry is full of raging alcoholics and drug addicts because when you work that much for that long, you work a 16 hour day and, you know, you're in a busy restaurant and tickets are like being spit at you every three seconds. Uh, You know, the only way you can get your mind to settle down sometimes is to have like five drinks or whatever.
0: Right. So you need Uh, time off. Yeah, of course. But then that that we fall into that pit where we can't hire enough, right? We don't have it. We we've talked about this in the show so many times. How there's just you know this is people out there. I mean, any there's so many job postings for uh, for servers and cooks and you name it
4: in the industry. And it, it's well, you know, but there's also the issue that um, those you you going to give them vacation time and and free time so they have uh, greater mental health. But they kind of need those hours to pay their rent. Yeah. And so you're taking that away from them. Because um, so hourly rage is <laughs> <It's> too low. <long.
0: laughs> right. It's, and, it's and, a circular problem.
1: And then there's this toxic badge of honor that a lot of people in our industry wear that they work. Right. Eighty or ninety hours a week, which no human being should do. Right. Um, there's a reason why people fought for the forty-hour work week, um, and, and you know the the kind of even owners to, to you know and you know we can all talk about this. Uh, were the, I'm I'm at Aykroyd's more than forty hours a week. Um, you I'm sure you guys are at your businesses more than forty hours a week, but you have the added benefits of ownership right um and a lot of in a lot of cases um without you there there might be some some problems that occur that wouldn't occur if you had were that you had been there. right so um there's this sense that uh that badge of honor that people wear that say oh i worked 80 hours last week like that's something that should be you should say to them are you are you okay? <laughs> right. Like, wh- why? Why did you work eighty hours? And you know, is it for the forty hours of overtime because you can't pay your rent? Um. At that point, okay. So that that's a more serious problem. And I think that's what this is all getting at. Because if you're getting fifteen dollars an hour and then you work another forty hours of overtime, that's twenty at twenty two fifty. And the, so and they might have a check. <laughs> and they might have a second job. Right, oh, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Are they maybe you know Lyft, and Uber or whatever they be, I mean oh i mean you're burning the candle at both yeah. ends you're, you're, you're it's a race to the bottom at that point and this is where the drug addiction and, and the the you know alcohol addiction comes in lack of sleep you can't work out you can't take care of yourself
0: yeah and, and we're only talking about servers and cooks and stuff we haven't even talked about i mean we talked a little bit about their suppliers i mean there's so many people in the industry that are affected by all of this it's just it's a tough tough topic
1: Oh, yeah, and it's not something that we can, you know, easily pack up in an hour. right? But but, um, but then
0: when you look at the rhetoric that's out there about it and you, you see the protests and you see, you know, uh, the both sides just barking at each other, it's just noise out there oh, yeah. right? because nobody's getting this message out. Nobody's having this conversation and it's uh, – I don't know. I You look at – like I said, you look at the saturation of all the bad stuff and then – you say, okay, are, are people making a path towards careerism? Because if you're making a career out of the industry, then I'm all for it, right? I think that you should incrementally grow into the industry. And, you know, you maybe you start off at 10 and, or, you know, most cooks start off at 12 or something around there, 9 to 12, right? And then they keep growing, growing, growing until they become um, salaried. and That's the whole, right? Right. Yeah. So, should that be the path? And, you know, so, or is this something you do in between?
1: Well, the other issue that 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 again we're not talking about that should probably mention is is the issue of training. So if you hire someone on at minimum wage, right, and and you say, well, now that person they're disposable. Um, th- so that that kind of says, well, you know, I'll just hire another minimum wage worker in, in when this guy leaves in in a month, right? Um, you hire someone on fifteen, all of a sudden there's an investment there that's happening that. Probably should have happened on at the seven twenty five, and because once someone joins your team, the, the, there's an amount of, a, a, like a, a minimum amount of work that has to go into training that person. Right, um, Frank. In your case, like you have to teach everyone about coffee,
4: right? Well, and what you know about coffee personally. It costs us a lot of money to train each and every one of our employees. Yeah. The amount of hours, um, it is tremendous because we teach them about every aspect of the coffee roasting, um, tasting, analyzing, wholesale, customer service, everything about it. So um, it takes a lot of time to train new employees and that's why you want to spend your time treating them well, respectfully, and and try to keep bumping up their benefits and their salary as much as possible, because it's it's a lot more money to train someone brand new than to uh, keep bumping up someone who's awesome for your business. But right. but uh, you know if you train if you train somebody like Sandy's trained somebody
0: right work at the Oakland, and then they you invest all this money in them. If you start and them off like, at yeah. a high end and they and they bounce and they go to the Competitor bar. There has been there. Right? Yeah,
3: yeah. There, uh, there have been times where I felt like the Oakland A's of the of the nineties, where it was like you know we would groom people, and then you know there, we had barbacks who worked at the Oakland for two months that were running bar programs, you know, and getting job offers, and you know I think that to a certain extent that's that's just part of it, you know. I think like the you know there's somebody said something like you know the only thing that's more expensive than uh training someone well is training not training someone well
0: but you know? it, but it does speak to having a step increase right you can you come in at a lower rate and then you get a step increase when you pass probation or something like that i mean yeah. I'm just spitballing i mean i know that when i was i mean this is going back to the you know 90s or whatever when i was a server but uh, the, i didn't make tip the entire two weeks i was training wherever i was at right the tips went to whoever was shadowing me right. or, or overseeing me and well, that sucked because I was taking. Well, that's home still like, that's still
3: the standard. Yeah, you okay. get minimum wage while you're training, and then uh, or for us, it's you know a week or two of training, depending on which position it is, and how, yeah, much your experience is. And then when you're done training, you get your own sections and your own tips. But while you're training, it's just minimum wage.
4: Okay, I think there's this one thing that we haven't talked about. Many things we haven't talked yeah. about, yeah. but the big thing for me is that the economy is really healthy now, and it feels good right now. At least um, um, it feels good. What happens? You raise it to $15, $20 an hour, and then there's a recession. And then we're back to 2008.
0: Well, I mean, I'm, I'm going to have to push back just a little bit because yeah. I mean, we're right on the
4: – I mean, we're overdue for the bubble burst. So, yeah. I mean, so, but what happens? How do you claw back? Because you can't claw back after you've, you've brought it to a certain level, and then uh, a lot of – businesses I believe will fall because um, they're they're built at fifteen20 dollars an hour and no longer can do that uh, they're not getting as much business um, they're not able to sustain the same margins is that true? Well, issue mean,
3: that's not I don't know that's that's how it always is. like you know at
4: any given time if the economy gets
3: significantly worse or, or worse then that the businesses are gonna close and and obviously that sucks but um, you know, I th- I think to a certain degree, like the, the strength of the economy over the last few years uh, hasn't been felt by everyone, it, certainly in our market. I think, you know, uh, the, the wealth gap being widened considerably over the last several years, uh, you know, I think those people at the top might get hurt, you know, from the recession. And I think, you know. I don't know. To a certain degree, like a lot of the people that uh, th- there's a lot of people that are not able to go out now. You know, to our restaurant, and there's a lot of people that that see it as very expensive. Just like you know, probably your coffee.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. So- especially you gotta get babysitters, all oh, that stuff. You that's a it. whole yeah.
3: different thing. Yeah, I mean, my, I, <sighs> yes. It was so, and full, much full disclosure,
0: to, yeah. uh, Sandy and Joe have given me clothes for my kid. <laughs>
1: yeah, nice, <laughs> nice. Appreciate <laughs> that. That's helped, that's helped me along the way.
3: For- you have three kids, Frank.
4: Three kids,
1: uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, kid, but they're they're all teenagers. Okay, so and we, like we all have that. kids, and they're all expensive. Yeah, the kids, kids are, are expensive
0: too. Oh, grocery shopping every week for oh my gosh! I mean, <laughs> don't even get into that. Whole, yeah, whole paycheck every. But,
1: well, yeah. no, but but I mean, like that that that's another issue with this whole talk of I mean, Frank, you keeps saying is fifteen dollars enough? Fifteen dollars was probably enough ten years ago, yeah, Right. And, and now we're past that point, but we're so far back at seven twenty five. But uh, how, long does somebody, how
0: long does somebody expect? I mean, and I go back and forth in this in my head, right? Like I'm for it, I'm against it. For it, I'm against it. How long does somebody expect to be in a situation where they're only making fifteen an hour? You at some point that person has to say, "I have to do something." Fifteen different. an hour or fifteen? right? Okay. right. Let's say they have made, Let's say tomorrow it all goes to fifteen. Yeah. That person at some point's got to be like, "I gotta." When am I going to get to twenty? Right. You're going to have to you.
1: They can't be on fifteen for the rest of their lives. Well, imagine if you're at seven twenty-five under that under that same like. Absolutely, they have. Before we went on the air, I was talking to Frank, and I said, "I've never had a minimum wage job. I've never in in my entire life. The the closest I've come, I was a caddy at a country club, and that was less than minimum wage because it was very tip driven. So there would be times where I would caddy for someone for four or five hours, and they would give me fifteen dollars. My first jobs were all minimum. I was a busboy when I was (laughs) fourteen years old. But fourteen years old. That, yeah, that, I, I was mean,
0: a busboy, relying on the waitresses to give me tips, and they wouldn't give me tips because they were like, "Oh, I, I
1: didn't make enough today." But but, but right. also, you're 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 living with your parents. You're probably on your parents' health care. Well, yeah, that was right. that was
3: going to be my answer to your question. It's, yeah. you know, maybe not that young, but yeah. right, you know, right. people in their early twenties don't think about you know where they're going to be. Uh, some of them obviously do, but you know, a, lo- a lot of the restaurant industry people that I've worked with, and certainly when I was that age, was the same thing. It was you know, you just sort of. Th- you know, think about what you're doing, what you're learning, and a, a lot of the, um, you know, the the back of the house staff that I've worked with over the last several years that are making you know around fifteen, may not be thinking about immediately you know where they're going to go, but I think it's a stepping stone to becoming a sous right. chef or you know uh, an executive chef or whatever.
1: What does an average sous chef or executive chef make? Do you I w- know? I, I think figures
0: I mean, it's got to be over forty.
3: Yeah, in our in, in my industry I would say a uh, sous chef, the average salary is probably between thirty five and forty, and an executive is somewhere
1: around sixty, maybe. And they're and they're working much more than forty hours. Yes, I mean sure.
3: I, one of I, it was uh less less than ten years ago, I was working about ninety hours and making thirty two. But ninety hours a week? Yep.
1: Holy shit. But they're salaried. So yeah. they they fall
0: outside <laughs> exemption. They oh Oh, Yeah, a, I understand
1: the salary loophole probably a benefit. and that was
0: they probably get benefits of some sort,
1: yeah, right. But I mean, you know, the benefits are another thing. Maybe four hundred one. I mean, you know, when you're talking minimum wage and you're talking fifteen dollars an hour, and a place that offers maybe pays you twelve an hour, but they cover your health benefits, is that does that make up the difference for the fifteen an hour? That's a good question. That's a really you know, fair. and if you get if you get paid time off, that's a whole another issue. A lot of our industry is saying, you know, like no one gets paid time yes, off. Yeah. That's not a thing. And, and uh, you know, I think plus people ma- can't magnet. be calling sick. Well, <laughs> like you know, it's like yeah. you got to be
0: dead to call. Right. You know, yeah. M-
1: magnets doing pay time off. Yep, I um, think it's two weeks. Yep. Two weeks. That that's impressive. Um, yes. Yeah. I mean, um, do you do pay time off, Frank? You're no. Okay. No. So I, all
4: these things are are things that I want to give my employees. Uh-huh. Uh, I want to give them. Uh, a chef to come in the cafe and a cook upstairs and um, have healthy meals. There are all these things that I have in my dreams that will come out, will come true, but it has to be incremental because right now it would destroy all these great ideas would destroy my margins. Here's the thing. And and I think this
3: is common to both of us, but uh, like you were saying, you know, all, all of the costs are going to go up if minimum wage goes up, right? Like suppliers, and, you know, obviously labor and, and cost of goods and all that, but they are and have been for a really long time in both of our industries. I think, yes. you know, coffee, I was, I don't remember why, but I was thinking about this on the way to work of what coffee used to taste like in, you know, whatever the nineties, you know, yes. it was, it, it has come so incredibly far Absolutely. and now like farm to table in Thank terms God. of food is just like, if right. that's the standard, that's like the starting point and, you know, I think a lot of places are offering benefits where they didn't before and you know we do give uh time off to management um so all of those costs have gone up the one thing yes. that hasn't is the the, what we what we charge our guests uh-huh. yes uh and you know, no I mean I don't know I, I the salaries have gone up minimally I guess uh in the, in the last 10 years but I would argue that they there's the hourly has gone up and, I
0: mean and if you charge more to the guests to pay more and you offset it by saying no you know you don't have to tip you can if you want to it's not a, you know they're not relying on it anymore and now it's 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 kind of a wash in a way a little bit I mean
4: but it's the, it's a, the question is what is the percentage of raise of the employees compared to raising prices of all across the chain yeah how does that compare how will that happen how much more will we have to raise prices in order to give provider employees with more wages yeah
0: and do you do it e- equally equal amongst them. every dish or do you you know i mean it's do you just say okay i'm going to do everything 10% more you know uh because then maybe you won't sell one thing but the other one seems a pro, you know like oh, okay i'll buy lobster or crab legs for 10% more but i won't buy a hamburger for 10% more i
1: don't know so we have to wind down here we i think we just i mean Hardly even scratched the surface of this right. issue. Um, Frank, where can people find uh, Hazano
4: online? Where can you find – what's your website? Uh, the website is HazanoCoffee.com. Okay. Uh, but the most important thing, coming to the shop. All right. And that's There's in Ferndale? like coming into Ferndale, East Nine Mile, and Wanda.
1: Awesome. Uh, Sandy, your locations? Uh,
3: the Oakland, uh 201 West Nine Mile, uh, nine mile just west of Woodward. And ChartreuseKC.com, uh, Chartreuse Kitchen and Cocktails in the Park Shelton Building, uh, right next to the DIA on Woodward and Kirby in and Midtown.
1: The new locations, is there any? Yeah, we just time? we we
3: closed on the building. That's about as much progress as we've made so Congratulations. far. Congratulations, uh, thank you. <laughs> right. uh, but yeah, we're at the corner of Grand Boulevard and Bobian. Uh awesome. in uh, Milwaukee Junction. Awesome, all right, gentlemen. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. Until thank you. next time, dine well.